Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Midpoint. Penny has had an extraordinary life. She's packed so much into her 50 years. She was a photographer when she met and married Rod Stewart and has done lots of broadcasting and charity work since. She's a mother to two gorgeous boys. She's got homes all around the world, as is the way when you marry to an international rock star. And she's the linchpin of a really big blended family. But she's also an incredibly generous and a really spirited, kind woman. I think you will absolutely love her. And thank you, as always, to Solga, who are supporting us with their excellent range of over 300 minerals and vitamins. With 75 years behind them, they know what they're doing and there is something there to support you too. OK, let's chat to Penny. Penny Lancaster, it's so <laughs> lovely to see you. How are you? I'm really good, thank you, Gabby. And uh, I've seen you tons, of course, on telly, and you always look amazing and uh, what a pro. And it's so lovely to see you again after been how many years since Strictly? Well, a long time since Strictly. I might have seen you a couple of times on the way. Actually, do you know what we did together? Do you remember that show? I was reminded of this the other day. It was called Britain's Birth Night Live or something. Oh my and God, yes. Do you remember that? For Channel 5, I think birth it was. Birth Night we, Live or something. Yeah. Yes. We, tried, we tried to get the first live birth on telly <laughs> <laughs> in an hour of telly. Come Bush. on, lady, have Bush. your baby. <laughs> we had a cesarean, didn't we? We, we had did. a cesarean. <laughs> and we had some quadruplets that had been born about four months before. Can you, I mean, when can you, your life has obviously been so interesting. So many uh, incredible things happened to you. When you married to like, a national treasure like Rod Stewart you know for for a lot of people that would be a full-time job in itself but you've done so many interesting things outside of of the relationship and the family and you met Rod you were a photographer yes and then you went to broadcasting and you did Strictly obviously which is where we met for the first time and recently and this was not a, a deliberate you know kind of like thing I didn't ask you when I saw that you'd done something incredible in your most recent role as a special constable <laughs> but it was all over the news that you'd talk somebody down from a, a suicide position basically and I was like wow Penny Lancaster's the perfect guest for midpoint because you have done something incredible in your midlife tell me how it all came about that you decided to become a policewoman a uh, police officer sorry yes they, they used to be police men and police women, but they were all police officers now. Thank you, Penny, for correcting me. <laughs> um, well, uh, I, I guess what made me take the final jump was experiencing two weeks doing a TV programme called Famous and Fighting Crime. Bit of a strange, silly title, but it was an amazing experience up in uh, Peterborough. There were f- sort of, uh, I think there were six household names invited to join the police force and see what it's really like on the other side and I loved every second of it as scary as it was chasing down you know criminals who were threatening to stab you with their hypodermic needle um, you thought most people would run the opposite way but I I've always been one that sort of takes up a challenge and kind of runs towards the danger I think we never know until we're put in a, a you know a, a life 
threatening situation or a scary scenario, whether we're going to be fight, flight or freeze. But I'm, I've definitely discovered I'm, I've, I'm a fight. Um, I run to, to, uh, to save people, run to, you know, take someone down, whatever, help. Yeah. It felt like it was a, a natural calling. It's, it's, it's amazing to, to do that in a reality show environment is one thing. And, but then to take the next step, right? Because I'll be honest with you, Penny, I love Strictly so much. I thought I might become a ballroom dancer until you knocked me out of the uh, dance off. <laughs> well, we won't go well. there. <laughs> I just, you know, and I thought, oh my God, I could live in this world. I love it so much. And of course, then you go back to real life, don't yeah, you? I mean, yeah. but you've taken it on. You've gone, right, no, actually, I'm going to serve and I'm going to do this, which is so admirable. It's almost like a, an extension to the charity work that I do. And, you know, when we're in a position like we are and living the lifestyle and you always feel like you need to give back. And with all the charities and campaigning I do, I never quite felt that it's enough. Um, there's always a sense of guilt, uh, I guess. So I think when I worked for that two weeks from all the police officers and what I felt myself is that every day you give him back every day. There's a sense of achievement. There's a sense that um, you've made a difference and that's what I needed. Tell, tell me a bit more about the guilt because it's interesting you say that. I remember, do you remember Andrew Castle was also doing that show we did? Yes, and, yes. And after we'd had dinner, you, you left first, I think, and we had dinner and he said to the table, or a few of us listening, he said, it's amazing. Penny's like got this incredible life. She's got homes all around the world. She's with somebody who, you know, she would never need to work or do anything, but she's got this incredible groundedness about mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, yeah, he's right. You are, you're, you, and that was a few years ago now, incredibly grounded. Why do you feel that kind of, and I understand it completely, but yeah, is it a sense yeah. that you're um, just so appreciative every day of what you have? Yeah, I'm, Rod's almost exactly the same, even though he is gifted and talented he, and he hasn't kind of won his position overnight. I mean, he he's obviously, you know, going back from when he was 17, 16, 17, busking and, and doing all the clubs and being turned down by record companies. And, um, you know, he's fought his way to the top and his work ethic is incredible. And he doesn't spend one spare second sitting on his laurels. If he's not working, he's doing charity, he's giving back in other ways. He helps young people deprive people you know like but he mm. he never wants to be, people to be singing his praises either he's he's just quietly ticks along and always giving back and i and i love that that the boys can really see what um what you've got to do in life to be fulfilled it's not just about money it's about but that's that's tough isn't it for you because your boys obviously have can you know have got anything they want really if they yeah. if, if you were going to kind of let that so is that part of it as well as a mother showing them that sense of service and yes it is because you know they are spoiled um because they live the lifestyle that we lead but i try to stay grounded as you mentioned and and i see rod as very grounded person and there's the obvious luxury trappings to our lifestyle and they Mm. don't know much different but I just I yeah there's a part of me that kind of wants to say look you can do anything and achieve anything and just when you sign up for the police there's a a mountain of vetting processes you have to go to and boxes you have to tick and training you have to do but nowhere does it say you can't be a police officer uh if you're a rock star's wife, um, <laughs> it, even even to sign up as a as an officer, you can even have 
been in trouble with the police in the past as long as it's like a minor thing and it was it was while back you know maybe in the teenagers and you've you've changed your ways there's so many opportunities in the police and um it just seems a really far-fetched idea of penny lancaster's rod stewart's wife why on <laughs> earth would she feel the need to work but once again as a special police constable um i'm not doing it for the money i'm volunteering my time just as i would do in any other form of charity what do your colleagues think of you when you know how do they I, i'm sure i'm sure behind closed doors there's a lot of whispering and, and um skepticism and you know is she for real what she really like and all that kind of thing but uh in a way it was like joining rod's family it wasn't just rod it's not just my sergeant I have to deal with. It's 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 the whole family of the police family. When I met Rod, it was it was all of his brothers and sisters and all of his kids and ex wives and so I just enter everything really. I just like be yourself, Penny. Be approachable. Be there if people want to ask you questions. Listen. Just just help in any way you can. And uh, yeah, the, the police is like another family. And I really do feel like I make a difference every day, even if it's just police presence on the street. You can tell by people's reaction that they just feel more secure and safer mm. when they see there's police around. Where do you where do you patrol? Where's your, um, your manor? I'm City of London Police. Right. So it's the square mile in wow. London. So it kind of runs from Liverpool Street across to the Barbican, down through St Paul's Cathedral, around that area. So you get a lot of steps in. Oh my God, thousands, <laughs> thousands of steps. Um, and we, we we look after all the bridges as well, which is where I was um, on London Bridge. You know, I think because of the pandemic, a, a lot more people have been um, thinking we're taking their lives sadly. Mm. And, I, uh, you know, at one point it was sort of, you know, every day there was someone that wow. was jumping. So we just don't hear these stories, do we, really? no. Yeah, the police, when you go for your briefings in the evening before you go out, you get given tasks and a, a lot of them were man the bridge. So we'd be walking up and down the bridges and it just so happens that um, this young man approached me holding like prayer beads in his hands and um, just just crying and shaking and just said, I'm, I feel really suicidal. I, I don't know what to do. Help me kind of thing. So, you know, the priority was to, assist him off of the bridge and to get him away from immediate danger and find a quiet place to sit and just talk to him just like be that down-to-earth person forget you've got a uniform remember you're a mother um you know so I could empathize with him try to understand but of course you know you you can never really put mm. yourself in someone's uh, someone's shoes like that. But he, he opened up about his relationship with his parents. Um, his father was very religious and was upset that he wasn't religious. And uh, his mother was calling, asking where he was. She was concerned. And, and he was in second year of university, was struggling with all the, you Online, know, the Zoom yeah. calls and not being in contact with people. And, you know, first thing you do as well as getting them to safety is to call out a um, mental health triage nurse. So she joined us after about 20 minutes. So together we chatted and in the end he was happy and felt safe enough to go home. I later contacted him with my police device and made sure that he was safe and just to remind him that there's always someone out there that will that will help. And um, yeah, it felt good. Yeah, that must feel, I was going to say, when you started to talk about that, I was thinking, how do you deal with that when you're kind of on your way home? But actually, 
you must have felt elated in many ways on your way yes. home. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when people think of the police, they th- they think of them uh, as a force, something to be reckoned with, that uh, like a power force of energy that, you know, would take someone down and think of them as an aggressive counterpart, I suppose. But, yeah, yeah. but really, a lot of the time, we're, we're, our priority is pr- to preserve life, um, to protect life and property. Mm. And so you're out there dealing with a lot of really vulnerable people. And nine out of 10, I would say all the cases that we're dealing with, 80% of them are mental health issues involved. And when we're sort of on lookout for people, there's always flags of like mental health issues and Mm. suicidal thoughts. And, Mm. you know, so there's a You've got to really take care of people out there. It's like it's like you're you're the front line almost of mental health. In, yeah, because you're you know? you know whether there's a whether there's a car accident or whether there's someone mm. on a bridge or a vulnerable person whose bag's been stolen. You know you're dealing with victims Trauma. a lot of mm. the time. Um, you're lucky if you catch the, the criminals, you know, but majority mm. of the time you're dealing with the victims. And tell me what Rod's initial reaction was then when you said, you know what, I'm going to do this. Well, when I did that two weeks in Peterborough, he said, I've never seen you so excited. I mean, I, it was, he said, it's like me coming off stage after a, <laughs> after a concert. He said, it took you ages to come down from that buzz, from that excitement. And um, I think that's what kind of really resonated with me was the fact that, you know, we've, we've all got to find something in our life that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. It, you know, obviously there's, there's a day-to-day job that got to pay the bills, but then there's got to be a hobby or something else a that passion. captures you. A passion, yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, whether it's gardening um, or animals or yeah, painting or whatever it is. But mm. I kind of I found policing as my hobby. Um, yeah. It's, well, it sounds like it's more than, yeah. He's, he's very, very supportive. He said, it doesn't surprise me. And he, he said to my mum and dad, who were most concerned, he said, look, you know, you know your daughter, once she sets her mind on something, that's it. You know, it's going to be really hard to pull her off that track. That's amazing because, you know, he, he's a bit older than you, right? And, yeah. you know, he be, he, be, he be, might be thinking, oh, come on. I'm, you know, I'm getting on a bit now. I need you here. You know, I want you at home. And, and for him to do that is is fantastic that he has, you know, obviously you've got such a wonderful relationship and you, you mentioned the extended family as well, which yeah. it always from the outside appears to be such... I mean, listen, no, no blended family is ever going to be without its kind of like tricky situations, yeah. but how you manage that as well, because you're, you're at the centre of all of that. You're the fulcrum, aren't you? Yeah. Um, um, uh, yes, I'm, I'm right there in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting place to be. It really is. And um, Policing it's, it all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's come full circle um, because, you know, the, the love and the patience that I gave them, um, it, it, it did there was fruition they did end up kind of realizing I came from a good place and and the love the love is returned and the respect and uh yeah it's 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 a lovely place to be and we're so in a way grateful for that lockdown time to spend even more time with the family that we never got to see how many kids did you have together and there's there's uh, Rod has eight right biological and how many how many were (laughs) how many were there in lockdown, was it just you guys, your two boys? Or We started lockdown uh, last March in Florida, where we were on holiday. And we were due to be there in Easter anyway. It just was an extended Easter break. We had Alistair and Aidan, and we had Ruby and Sean. 
Yeah. Yep. I was it. So we had four children there. And then when we were allowed to fly back to London, that was about a month after the lock into the lockdown. We were then at home in the country here with Renee and Liam and their other halves. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it was only Kimberly really that we haven't seen much of. Lockdown sort of worked for her in the sense that she's started up a new business, tidying their homes because everyone's been focused on their homes. And she is such a neat freak. It's the perfect little business for her. Um, so we've, we've kept in touch. I, I got a text from Sean just the other day saying, congratulations, stepmom, become a police officer. And uh, oh. it's, yeah. My, my my younger boys aren't so amused. I think oh, really? for, for the teenager, it's kind of not cool, is it? <laughs> Police officer. <laughs> I thought I would have thought you'd love it. <laughs> yeah, they'll get used to it. Yeah, they will. And of course, they you know they want you when they want you as well, don't they? So yeah, you know, Mom, where are you? You should yeah. be here. <laughs> Where's my breakfast? <laughs> I'm out saving lives, son. Um, we started a, a kind of Facebook community for Midpoint and some of the questions were really interesting for people coming in. And a few of them were asking about, you know, ask your guests about empty nest syndrome because I hadn't spoken to anybody on the series yet about that. And then I was thinking you were the wrong person to ask that about that completely. You will never have an empty nest, will you, as you've just described? <laughs> well, um, they are all over the world. Um, I mean, majority of Liam is over in New Zealand. We have the others in America and then our little twosome here. And Renee's got a place in London. So we are kind of sprawled out. It's funny that because I've always wanted to have children from a very, very young age. And I remember when I, when Rod and I were falling in love, you know, I said to him, look, just as a heads up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're not over yet, mate. <laughs> yeah. If you want to continue this this love fest we've got going on here and you see a future in it, it's going to have to include babies. So you might want to jump now. You might want to <laughs> jump ship and say, ta-da, it was nice while it lasted because uh, I'm not bothered about marriage, but I, I know I'm going to have children. So uh, luckily, he thought it was yeah. a good idea too. Yeah. Um, you wish you'd done it sooner, actually. But um, even from a young age, I, I was thinking about, I'd heard stories about women and you know, seeing their children grow up and leaving home and that empty nest thing. And I even from a young age thought, you know what, I'm going to spread it out. I'll have one child, then I'll wait five years and have another <laughs> child. So at least I'll have one that I can still cling on to. And it worked out. Yeah, There's very, five years clever. between them. You're very clever. <laughs> and only because fertility didn't work out for me the second time around. It was three, three years of, uh, you know, IVF. But um, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> But it's worked out because I had stupidly had mine on the same day. You know, when they finish their A-levels, if they both do what they want to do, I said to Kenny, we're just going to be, it's just going to be, ta-da, bye, see ya. Yeah. Are yours, are yours following in, in their daddy's footsteps or their mummy's? Uh, they're both very good at sport. Um, cricket at the moment, they've got the long, long, arm, long arm for the bowling. Yeah. Both great swimmers. Um, football, of course. Um, that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> incredible artists, really, really, really good at art. Um, both of I them. see them. Yeah, both wow. of them. They're like, they're, yeah, they just mimic each other. So I see them going into some kind of design, something creative. Just, yeah. yeah. And do they get on? They do. They have those moments that they're going, I want to sit with my brother. I want to be with my brother. And, you know, I, and all cuddly moments. And then they fight and tease each other and I'm better than you and I'm faster than you and all that very very competitiveness yeah. between the two boys but then Alistair will go out and teach Aiden some like 
you know, hockey or cricket moves and um, help with homework. And so they have lovely moments and I have to capture them because it's, yeah. I would say 70% of the time it's rowing and teasing and fighting. It's, yeah, normal sibling <laughs> behaviour. Uh, absolutely. Yes. I would be slightly worried if this very utopic uh, kind of description of this blended family didn't have some bickering in it. That would be, yes, it would be yes. abnormal. I mean, you always say, I hate my brother. I mean, darling, <laughs> you'll die for your brother. That's, that's, <laughs> that's you know, when, you're, when you're older, you'll realise that. <laughs> Love, hate. Now, you, you look fantastic, Penny. You're always uh, looking great, whether you're kind of on the telly or out there patrolling. I mean, your your photos from when you did the, the show, the reality show in the police uniform, I thought, gosh, she looks hot in her police <laughs> uniform. Um, but It's uh, the most unattractive uniform. The oh trousers aren't I a great the, shape, are they? <laughs> oh my God, they're awful. I don't know who designed them. Um, one, of, one of the women said, ask for the, the male trousers. They're, they're much more comfortable and more flatter, but they are like cardboard. They're so tough, you know, because yeah. obviously you could end up, might be, you know, rappling, crawling rappling on, the- <laughs> on the floor somewhere, but they're awful, so uncomfortable. So yeah, anyway. I think it feels to me like in terms of your life, you know, you're very at peace with what's going on. You, you're, you're pushing yourself into really interesting areas of life. You're not stopping. How does the whole external, I mean, you were a model, you know, mm. and, you know, you you live in a very glamorous world. How does the whole external kind of uh, aesthetic, if you like, of ageing kind of sit with you? Well, you're obviously not suffering from <laughs> the bulge because you always look so trim, like you, like you are Miss Fitness, aren't you? But I, I've struggled since... Since the second child, so since I was 40, the, ca- the the calories weren't being burnt off. It just wasn't happening for me. And I mean, when I look back at the pictures of when I was pregnant, I was like a beached whale. And my breasts were, I mean, you know, men like boobs, but even Rob was like, darling, they were cro- grotesque, absolutely <laughs> grotesque. I mean, I was huge. And, um, you know, you sort of give yourself excuses. You say, well, you know, I'm... I'm I'm over 40 now. I've had two children, you know, but still into my fitness and thinking, I look all right. And then suddenly the menopause happened. I turned 50 and I, I'm turning into someone else. Uh, I, I saw pictures of myself and you see yourself on TV and you just think, oh, my God, my jowls. my ne- I don't have a neck a jawline now. My, my chin sort of goes into my neck. And I've always been like had that chubbiness. And I thought, well, that's good because some people pay to put, Stuff you know, in their face, yeah. Stuff in their face. I don't need that. But um, yeah, my my the one thing I've got are my legs that have always <laughs> kind of looked good. In fact, they they don't look so good when I'm skinny. But that's what I have to hold on to because the rest of me, my stomach, I literally feel like a tire has been sewn into me, and I can't get rid of it. I cannot get rid of it. This is not an uncommon thing. Bingo wings, my. I, 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 yeah, it's just... Penny, this has just turned into a tirade of self-loathing, which I don't like and I'm not encouraging no. because... No, um, I know. That's why, that's why I distracted myself just... with all these... I thought, if I if I start with the police, I'm going to have to be running after someone with yes. 10 tonne of weight strapped to my back, doing a million steps. What kind of fitness do you do? Oh, uh, I, I have a trainer that comes because I'm not good at motivating myself. A trainer that comes uh, three times a week and we do a mix of like running and rowing circuit training you know weights we do stretching so training hard Pilates. Uh, yeah train really hard I had to train hard for the fitness test for the police because you've got to do f- you know like six 
point on the bleep test. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm trying to do the intermittent fasting where you basically I haven't eaten today. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you, see, you, start, you, you start eating at lunchtime. And I'm trying to eat minimal things and I've, I've banned myself from chocolate. I can't stop the alcohol. I know that would help. Um, and it's just, it's just not going anywhere. Help. Do you know what? I, I think this is a really good time to bring in Pippa Campbell, actually. Yes. Um, because this is the kind of thing we're absolutely going to talk to Pippa about. Uh, good afternoon, Pippa. Hello, Pippa. Hi, how are you? Hello, very well, thank you. Because Pippa will kind of disseminate all of this, Penny, and kind of explain to you what is going on in our midlife bodies and why it is that that Penny is totally not alone. And so many women in particular find it a real struggle to kind of lose weight or they can't understand where they're putting weight on at this stage, Pippa. Absolutely, Penny. You know, you are like my average client. Most of my clients are in their 40s and 50s, women who many of them say, well, you know, my diet has been really good, but all of a sudden I'm gaining tummy fat. I've got, you know, suddenly this tummy fat. I always used to be slim and um, they haven't changed their diet. So this is literally something that is happening overnight. So what I explain to them is, so, so when you're going to perimenopause, as we know, our hormones sort of all over the place, progesterone is actually the first hormone to start dropping. So then suddenly we have this estrogen with sort of almost the same. Well, actually it sort of, it can surge. It can get, we get highs and lows. And the progesterone is dropping. We get suddenly this estrogen dominance. That in itself can cause weight gain. And then estrogen, which is going up and it's going down, estrogen is the one that controls insulin. Now, insulin is what controls how much you know, sugars we can metabolize. So suddenly, those carbohydrates that we were eating for, that piece of toast for breakfast, we just can't deal with that anymore. And it's turning to fat. So imagine then when you go to menopause and then estrogen's dropping as well, then it's so much harder than to suddenly metabolize these sugars and carbohydrates. So it's really unfair, isn't it? You look very, very fit, may I say. Look at your shoulders and your arms. I'm very she's a living. She's a living testament. How old are you, Pippa? Well, I'm 48 and it, this is a really interesting um, you know, time, obviously, for me. So I think, well, how old are you, Penny? I'm 50. I turned 50 in, in March, March. And I think I'm in, I don't know what stage it is, but the doctor said you can't take any um, hormone replacements at like HRT until you've had 12 months without your period. Is that true? Oh, right. Okay. Well, don't get me onto this topic. So it, it is, doctors obviously will say, well, they're, they're not necessarily trained in the menopause. So they will say quite different things, I have to say. So I've got many clients who are still getting their periods and are on HRT. And I'll have women who haven't had their periods for, tw- periods for 12 months, which means you're officially in menopause, and they are on HRT. But the problem is, is that women will be coming to me and it's maybe they're saying it's the tummy fat, or they can't sleep as well, or they get brain fog. Because the problem is, we have estrogen and progesterone receptors all over the body. So when we have hormonal imbalances, so these hormones are suddenly, you know, all over the place, dropping or ups and downs, every single organ could be affected. So it may not be suddenly irregular periods. That that would be a classic. So then somebody might know, oh, I'm perimenopausal. That might not be the first sign. It could be that suddenly somebody's suffering with anxiety because progesterone helps support a neurotransmitter called GABA, which is sounds quite cool. I know it's sort of a music word, but actually it's an, our anti-anxiety neurotransmitter. So I was going to say, when when we started the lockdown, the first, when we we were all terrified, weren't we? This this kind of plague that was that was attacking us all, and that was March last year. I was in Florida, and 
you know, I I was waking up with hot sweats. Yeah. My first thought was I've got COVID. And oh my gosh, I touched the children yesterday and like I slept with my husband. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'm passing it on to everybody. I was terrified. But then I was on top of the bed fighting this heat off. And then I got freezing cold and got yeah. back under the sheets. And then it was like a yo yo all night long, hot, cold, hot, cold. Then it just twigged. I haven't had a period for two months. Oh my gosh, this is, and that's what it was. And every, and you feel the heat rising from your feet up your body like you, you were like stepping into a, a furnace and and you get to the point where you just think I can't possibly get any hotter because I'll explode yeah and and then you calm down and then you get like I would never sweat sitting still you you, you perspray on your yeah, forehead just sitting still it's yeah. awful and then and that will disrupt sleep yeah. That disrupted the sleep, and then of course uh, the anxiety of the of COVID anyway, um, and then f- three months later I got another period. I was like, oh, and then I felt different in my body again. I felt uh, different feelings and emotions, and, and then it's and then it's uh, stopped again. And it got to one point where during the lockdown, my anxiety of like cooking every day and doing the homeschooling and all of that stuff, I just had a meltdown, and I. I remember I had a plate of chicken pies and I just threw them across the kitchen and screamed and they smashed against the wall and I had floods of tears, Rod rushed the boys off and then they came back one by one and hugged me and said, sorry, mummy, we understand and all this because dad was trying to like make them <laughs> realise that I'm scared <laughs> to a hard, but, you know, but, you know, home, hormonal moment as well as dealing with the lockdown. So it was... Um, well, you feel overwhelmed. Well. Women say they feel suddenly really overwhelmed and they feel very irritable and the rage as well. So, and sometimes it's the husbands actually that notice something that's going on first. So, so there are lots of things that are being affected, but this weight gain is a really common problem and there are things we can do about it. Pippa's got um, a brilliant website and suggests lots of different foods and, and recipes and and actually does bespoke, I should just declare, does bespoke kind of uh, nutritional programs for people. Um, and I did a bit of work with Pippa recently on that. And actually what amazed me was how easy it is, Penny, to... Like we did this cutting out of various things, you know, in the diet and how easy if the recipes are interesting, you can kind of follow something mm. for a couple of weeks. And I felt really good um, off the back of it because I just felt that yeah. kind of needing to. I need you, Pippa. Can you come and move in, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'll come and move in. I would say, you know, there's some really sort of just easy tips for everyone, on, simple then. things to start now. And what I would say, so I'm talking about this inability to be able to deal with those carbohydrates now. So the one thing I would say, and, it, you know, it is a bit unfair fair but I would say that women of our age really need to cut back on their carbohydrates and replace those carbohydrates with loads of vegetables because we just can't deal with them as much so that's one thing I probably would say the evening meal you get some carbohydrates in I would I wouldn't say no carbohydrates I think women tend to need some carbohydrates so a little bit of sweet potato or rice or something yeah 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 um and I think getting really more of those vegetables in and try and see whether you actually do better having a protein breakfast and not fasting. So so try it, trial and error, because um, unfortunately, with all our hormones, it's never just estrogen and progesterone. They all kind of work together. It's like, imagine an orchestra. If the violin isn't playing, you know, isn't putting its weight, it's going to affect the rest of the instruments. They're going to have to work harder. So with estrogen and progesterone, then it's going to affect things like insulin, which is our fat storage hormone, and then it's going to 
affect things like our adrenals, which is the stress hormones. We don't want to stress our body out too much. And sometimes too long a fast can do that. And then thyroid as well. They all work together. So I always think it's good for women to go and get a good... I've got an underactive thyroid. Okay, so now you might find then that this is coming into play a little bit more. You're on thyroxine, which is T4. It's one of our thyroid hormones. But I would also get your T3 checked regularly to make sure that you are converting that T4 to T3. Now, T3 is just another thyroid hormone, but it's um, like our fat storage one. It's our active hormone. So if you're not converting to thyroxine, which is T4 that you're taking, to T3, then that means then you're less able to burn fat. Because when everything, when the thyroid slows down, everything slows down. So women suddenly say that they're getting constipated they, mm. and gallbladder issues. Everything starts slowing down. And can I just say, what, Pippa, what's really interesting to me is how individual all of our hormonal journeys are. And this yeah. is why I feel it's so important to speak out and say to women, go to the doctor. And if you don't get the answer you want the first time, go see another doctor. Because as, I, as I've said many times before, it horrified me to learn that most doctors are not trained for one hour in the menopause. Only until very recently did they get any training. So the chances are you'll, you'll chance upon a doctor who really hasn't done any training on the menopause. Yeah, keep pushing until you get one that does. Yeah. It might be that it's a woman GP that you need, you know, that keep pushing until you go to her. Did you, do you suggest to your clients that they do blood work to, to see where their estrogen, progesterone, thyroid, see where everything is? I like to, I like everything. I like to see all the tests. So I will like, you know, testing from their GP and I ask them to push and get as many blood test results they, they can. But also I do, um, it's called the Dutch test. It's American and it's a dry urine test. So when people are in perimenopause and their periods aren't regular, there's no point doing just a blood, a blood test just on the day because that's a snapshot in time because yes. next month you're going to be different. Yeah. So I like this dry urine test because we can measure it over a whole month. And then we can see your estrogen progesterone levels over a whole month. Oh. So I find that one really useful. Now, then so you're you, on a stick put, every you know, day for a week or something. Yeah, I'm doing mine at the moment. I'm weighing on a piece of paper. I was just away at the weekend, took the paper with me. Yeah, nice, drying on the side <laughs> in the bathroom. And so you'll wee every day on this piece of paper and put them in the post back to the lab. And then you come back with a really good picture of what's going on with your hormones. But we can Mm. also see testosterone as well. We can see DHEA. So we can see a really great picture. And even women who are on HRT and perhaps want to know how well they're detoxing their HRT, we can do that too. But it's quite useful because we can actually see, oh, gosh, well, look at the second half of your cycle. Look there, it's really dropping. Or, yep, your hormones are really low. So I do like, I like to test if possible. It is nice to test. Pippa, can I, um, as I like to do with our experts, ask you for three takeaways? for people listening who are in a similar situation to Penny in terms of, you know, focusing on the diet and they really want to change something. Yeah, and obviously the weight gain and this tummy fat. So one, I would say no snacking because some people are still doing the intermittent fasting like you are. And I know you haven't mentioned this, but a lot of people think then, whoa, it's free reign to eat whatever I like and and just they don't stop eating. So I think no snacking is really good because that gives you a little mini fat burning window and gets a chance for insulin just to calm down so we don't get these spikes and we don't sort of gain the fat. Then I would say eat protein at every meal because that will help boost weight loss and support, you know, these neurotransmitters I'm talking about, you know, our happy hormone, our anxiety hormone, sleep, things like that. And then I would say replacing those carbs, as I said, with more vegetables. So I am literally talking about 
you know, looking at maybe 500 grams of vegetables a day. It's, it's quite a lot of broccoli, um, but you can easily do that through having a salad at lunch and then vegetables in the evening. I think a steamed, a steamed head of broccoli, I can eat quite happily on my own. That's like, it, it just, Brilliant. yeah, that's quite, I think. And, um, and that is so, got powerful antioxidants. Brilliant for, you know, this Eastern detoxification. So I think that's brilliant. So people just look at their plate. It's half their plate mm. covered with vegetables. Since I met you, Pippa, I've never eaten as much broccoli. <laughs> But this is this is where I'm I'm um, still confused because this is you're talking about the diet I have. I don't snack. <laughs> I have the salad at lunch with a piece of chicken, and then I have a bit of protein in the evening with more vegetables and more salad. Well, you did say at the very beginning that you can't you haven't cut the alcohol, which obviously can be quite high in sugars as well. So if you were being honest, how much would you You can't tell me I can't drink. That would be a life of misery. Now obviously you and my client, I'd be sort of like really delving in and sort of looking at your food diary. And it's funny how people suddenly drop in at the end of a consultation. Are you going to tell me to give up my alcohol? And I'm saying, well, how much are you drinking? <laughs> So, um, look, we, we would look at that. Now, say you still found it hard to lose weight. That's where we really have to look at this hormonal imbalance. I would try cutting the alcohol and see because sometimes... Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello, Penny. It. Come back, Penny. <laughs> Penny. No, we've lost her. <laughs> no. Uh, we've got, um, obviously, the um, eating more protein is so important. Eating the green vegetables, not snacking and, and having a look and really insisting as well. If you're really struggling, I think, from your doctor that you want blood tests, you want to get... Because this is so wrapped up with all kinds of other issues for women in this age. Anxiety and low self-esteem and, and that leads to relationship problems and I think it's just these are tiny things that we can tweak and change if we just demand those kind of things from our from our doctors so. it comes down to you know um mental health again yeah. doesn't it because oh, yeah. you know all, all women of our age that are going through this are in a turmoil we, we don't know which way to turn what's happening to us the anxiety levels start you know creeping up and before you know it you feel like you're you need to go to, to a mental institution and we don't know who you are stay away you from you know, everybody you feel like you're such a different person but Pippa thank you so much for your time lovely to see thank you, you. And looking radiant as always thanks Pippa I will be in touch <laughs> I'm sure she will <laughs> yeah in about Next 20 minutes, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Pippa thank you good speak good to talk bye bye This conversation is becoming louder and louder, isn't it? And for all those reasons you cited there, and you were so candid and honest. Thank you so much for saying that, you know, that, that you lost it oh and God, threw your yeah. chicken pies. It's an image I can't get out of my head. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I hijacked uh, Pippa there, but I was like, no. this is what I needed. And, and I mean, I was so glad to speak oh. to you, Gabby, but uh, there's always a reason for everything, I think. <laughs> but Pippa's way more important. <laughs> um, so you said as well about, about Rod there, and that was so lovely and tender that he kind of took the kids away and stuff and he's you know he's surrounded himself with strong women his whole life you know before he met you he's you know he's mm. and he's obviously got sisters yes. and he's got kind of you know women all over the kind of his life so he's he's obviously really good with those conversations he's tuned in he's tuned in with with girls I mean he's he's got a bunch of girls on on tour with him he can't wait to get back with his band it hopefully starts in October in Vegas. Oh wow! Get all that going going again. But he's uh, yeah, he's got a great intuition with women, and both of my boys do as well. Um, they 
they've got a lot of friends that are that are girls and they're very sensitive and understanding towards their needs you know there's you know a lot of lads young lads that kind of wouldn't know yeah how to talk to 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 a girl <laughs> and i know some men that aren't very uh, comfortable get a bit intimidated by talking to a woman um but uh yeah so the boys have got a good teacher there with rod yeah, that's uh, that's really lovely to hear. And I think, uh, you know, you'd somebody who's lived the kind of life he had, you know, he, he could he could easily kind of just take himself off, couldn't he? And kind of detach himself almost from the situation you're going through right now. But your 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 honesty, your groundedness, your uh, candidness as well, I think is is so incredibly appealing and kind of, you know, you normalize these situations and which I think is Yeah, we all have them. Doesn't matter what walk of life we're in. We uh we all have the, the, you know, when we have kids, we have the usual, you know, arguments about how much time on the Xbox, um, <laughs> put your phones down while you're having dinner, it, you know, those kind of making sure they're eating enough, they're exercising enough and uh, worrying that, you know, just worrying about everybody, worrying, you know, make, is your is your husband satisfied? Is Are your children happy? Have you seen <laughs> enough of your grandparents? Have you like, you know, there's, there's a kind of... Uh, Multitudes of layers of things like, am I being enough? Am I a good enough mother, um, uh, a good enough wife, a good, you know, a good friend? Am I, have I checked in with my mates recently? Um, it's, I always feel like it, I'm, it's just you're on a constant treadmill of, of just keeping everyone satisfied and you sort of forget yeah. about looking at yourself sometimes. Well, it, the most important thing to start with is you, isn't it? In terms of, because to be all those things to the best yeah. of your ability, you've got to feel good, haven't yeah. you? So, Well, as a police officer, you know, you, the training you get about, you know, preserving life and you enter into all sorts of situations that you've got to think really quickly on your toes and take um, all the risk assessments you can Um in real quick time but the most important thing is uh the preservation of your life and the risks that you're taking because if if there's one victim we don't want it to be two victims with you running into a, a bad situation so they they always remind you as much as it's your job to take care of people uh you've got to take care of yourself you, would you um would you recommend being a special constable to anybody who's listening thinking oh about it? i would to anybody absolutely anybody i mean becoming a special what's great about it is you can you, you continue your own your career most of the specials work in the evening or at weekends because they've got a day job and it's just something they want to do it's their it's a hobby they've chosen it's something they feel they want to give back and and feel empowered and you can start it at any age and a wonderful story about Andrew Harper who sadly had his life taken a few years ago was dragged behind um, a car after trying to stop a a burglary from or a, a robbery from happening um, he was 28 um, when his life was taken on on the line of duty and he started when he was 19 as a as a special he thought I'd just try it out give it a go see if I like it and then he transferred to to becoming a regular um, and he fulfilled his dream and just sadly he's it was he was taken too soon I've just recently uh, sat with his his widow she's trying to campaign for Harper's Law a new law that would uh, send the criminals that cause the death of an emergency worker to a life sentence straight away. So I'm, I'm backing her and together we're going out on a on a walk this Thursday. It's a bit of a hefty walk up a mountain in the, the Lake District. There's a charity that I've started working with since I did the, the two weeks in Peterborough 
uh, called Care of Police Survivors, um, COPS, C-O-P-S, and they basically look after the families of, of those that uh, have had loved ones die on the line of duty. And so there will be police officers, there'll be mostly survivors, that's the families of those left behind, um, and uh, Lissy Harper, the the widow of, of Andrew Harper, will be walking with me and we're going to climb one of the fells in the Lake District. Um, there's hundreds doing it and when you get to the top around 10 o'clock in the evening, just watch the sunset and we camp out there until the sun starts rising at just before it does, we light blue flares um, representing each life that has fallen. And uh, it's an amazing charity event. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Sorry, I went off on a tangent then. but Well, well, this is what this podcast is about, is about what people are doing and how they're being inspired in their midlife, because a lot of people do lose their way and find that they, you know, they're, they're, they don't know what they are anymore, you know, to their families or to their wider society and community. And, you know, you, you're very much yeah. on track to do something great and make a difference. And that's, you know, that's inspiring, whatever it is that people want to do. And I've got my animals. I love my animals. I couldn't have got through lockdown without, the first lockdown, it was my chickens. When I was having a bad day and I, I couldn't <laughs> deal with humans, I would literally sit with my chickens and I'd set up a little um, hammock and feed them and just watch them, you know, scratch around. And that yeah. would just kind of bring me down to earth and just kind of looking at nature and hearing the birds and just, and then this, then I need, then I needed to up my game in the second lockdown. So I got goats. Amazing. I've got three pygmy goats and they, they are my little angels. I love them. And then my two doggies that are inseparable. Um, you took a picture of Kenny and I with our dog. Do you remember Sydney? You came to Barnes for a charity. Yes, um, that's right. For yeah, the, just, pet, the yeah. pet charity. Sadly, that yeah. dog's no longer with us, but we've got two others. So you'd have to come along and take a picture of those two for another charity. <laughs> <laughs> we love that picture. The kids always go, why have you got a picture of you with the dog in a pub? And I was like, long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, well, Penny, it's always a delight to chat to you. You know, you're, And you are truly perfect guest for this podcast because I think what you've said about your honesty about what you're going through physically but also inspiring people to do something a bit different or something they've maybe harboured yeah. and hoped for is is wonderful. There's something for yourself, you know. I think w w women, we, you know, we, we look after the children and your husband and the house and everything else and then they get to a certain age and you think, you know what, the kids are getting older now, they can make their own breakfast, you know. Um, everyone could just, they're all right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I've got, I've got them this far. I've done okay. And start start focusing on yourself. A lot of men listen to this podcast too, because I have male guests. And what yeah. you've said as well about the men in your life, I think men need to hear those kind of conversations. So I think that's really, yeah. that's really um, refreshing. We have, we still haven't talked about that dance off. Um, but anyway, <laughs> for those of you who don't remember, week four, Strictly, 2007, Penny and I, faced ourselves, uh, well, we found ourselves in the bottom two, uh, much to the surprise of the leaderboard. We were nowhere near the bottom two, were we, No, Penn? and the judges were like, these two should not be here. And then Penny, uh, Len Goodman, uh, you know, I wasn't devastated that you beat me. I was devastated to leave the show because it wasn't it fun. We had oh such an amazing God, cast, Oh, my God, I know. We? I, I hated leaving. We had leaving a vintage year. I, yeah, when I went off, it was an incredible year. And uh, God, maybe that's what I need to do. Get back on Strictly. I lost so much weight doing that. <laughs> I know. You couldn't keep it on and none of us could keep it on, could we? But we it were wasn't just... just it wasn't just the workouts and the training. It was the anxiety, the nerves yes. going live on telly. 
you know what you used to do? Do you remember what you used to do? Kenny always talks about this, how we were we were told strictly by the producers when you're backstage before you hear the tonight, da 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 yeah. and you the, no the alcohol music. before the show. No alcohol, no alcohol. <laughs> and Penny used to have a little kind of hip flask and she'd go around giving everybody a little dram <laughs> before the, <laughs> Everybody come here, so calm Cooper down, everybody, no calm alcohol, down. I was like, no. <laughs> And that's why she went through. (laughs) She she was dancing like she just didn't care. Um, No, it was was an amazing, amazing experience to to share with you. So, um, and the last hour has been too. Thank you. Thanks so much. And uh, get in touch with Pippa. Get in touch with us. Could you send me a detail, detail. please? Thank you from all of us that you're out there. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Penny is just so honest and open, isn't she? I can see why she'd make such a wonderful special constable. I absolutely adored chatting to her. I got such a lovely buzz from her energy. And maybe she's inspired you to do something in the volunteering sector. Why not? Go and do it. I think Pippa and Penny are probably very well acquainted by now, don't you? Um, Pippa has a website, by the way, which is well worth checking out if you're interested in what she has to say. And she also suggests brilliant recipes. Uh, So thank you to Pippa and to Penny and to Solgar. Solgar are seeing a massive boost in their beauty range at the moment, people are really enjoying going out again, aren't we all? And so their best-selling collagen hyaluronic acid with BioCell Collagen, which is one of my go-tos, is doing very well. Uh, BioCell technology produces remarkable bioavailability as well as rapid absorption into the body. So thank you, Solgar, and thank you to Lauren Armstrong-Carter at Rethink Audio and to Elvis for my lovely music. And thank you for listening. Until next time. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.